Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. I'm your host, Tom. Welcome to the show. I have a great guest for you today. I have Amy Dingman from A Farmish Kind of Life. She is here to talk chickens. We're having a chicken chat, everybody. And this is great because Julie and I are chicken noobs. We are totally clueless with chickens, never had them before. Love to eat chicken, love to eat eggs, but we do not know a thing about chickens. So we brought in an expert, Amy Dingman, to talk about her experience with chickens. And we also get into some other interesting topics, including some gardening. And then we talk about her platform, A Farmish Kind of Life, where she's taking it, where she's going with it. And it's just a really nice conversation. It's so great talking with Amy. She's a really nice person. And uh, congratulations to her, by the way, as she hits 200 episodes on a Farmish Kind of Life podcast in the very near future. So congratulations, Amy. It's great to be part of your story. Julie and I were recently on her podcast talking about moving to the country. It was great that she came on and talked about chickens here. So grab a cup of coffee, grab your favorite beverage, settle into your chair or get some work done. This is a great conversation with my good friend, Amy Dingman, from A Farmish Kind of Life. And thank you, Amy, for being on our show. We just love having you on. So here we go. All right, let me, let me get my radio announcer voice. So welcome yeah. to the Small Scale Life Podcast. I have a special guest today. I have my good friend, Amy Dingman from A Farmish Kind of Life. Hey, Amy, how are you doing today? I am doing well. Good, sir. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. It's so fun to have you on the show. I know Jules wanted to uh, be here, but she is uh, she's working with her dad on a little project in the house right now. So uh, it's just me flying solo. So you're stuck with me. That's okay. I can handle that. <laughs> so oh, good. I hope so. So we were recently on a farmish kind of life. Julie and I talking about moving to the country and uh, eating lots of peaches and it was a lot of fun. And so we, <laughs> we decided to bring Amy on and uh, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there. Well, there's people out there that listen to my show that might not know who you are, which is sad because you are awesome. So who are you, Amy Dingman? And tell us a little bit about yourself. Who am I? I yeah. am uh, Amy from a farmishkindoflife.com. I live in central Minnesota, if you can't tell from that accent. Uh, we've got five acres here. We've been here since 2011, end of 2011. We got a big red barn and a little red barn and uh, five acres here. And we've got pigs and chickens and what else? We have ducks. We've had turkeys. We've had goats. We've had horses. We've had pheasants. We've we've tried lots of different things here. So I'm here with my hubby and my two boys. They are uh, just turned 19 and almost 18. And wow. we homeschooled them their whole life. And I don't know. We're just kind of hanging out here on a dead end dirt road in the middle of nowhere and and living life and doing the thing. Right. Down a dirt road. You bet. I am totally get that because I'm on a dirt driveway now here in Western Wisconsin on a little homestead. And it's, uh, we have adventures. You could adventures use... is a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. What's the current adventure going on at your place right now? Well, the current adventure. This isn't scripted. So I'm, I'm getting you from, uh, no, field, no, this so. is good. The, the yeah. current adventure is all the mud that we're dealing with right now because we had the big <laughs> snow melt and it melted really fast and way faster than the, the ground was able to thaw. So we had water standing everywhere and it's, mm -hmm. it's starting to soak in just a little bit, but oh my word, the mud, the mm. mud in our driveway and the, the, the slipperiness of the dirt mm -hmm. road that we, we uh, live on. And it's just, it's I, I have a love hate relationship with it because the mud season means 
winter is over mm-hmm. and uh, we're getting closer to being able to plant stuff and, right. you know, just warm up to everything. But man, that mud, it is such a mess. And, you know, we have three dogs. And so, you know what that means with oh, all yes. that mud, they're tracking it in the house. But oh God, yeah. what do you do? Just put on a good pair of muck boots and slog through. Eventually mud season will be over and then we'll be complaining about how busy we are, right? Oh, yes, definitely. I do appreciate <laughs> the muck boots for sure. And uh, I used to just wearing for, wear them for turkey hunting season, but now it's mm-hmm. like what I wear. So <laughs> right, exactly. The new fashion, right? It's very so, fashionable. Right. So water, you say you've got some water. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we do. too. You, you have some water, too, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> we do. So in case anybody's not following me on the small scale life Instagram page, we had some water. Lots of water. We had snow melt here and it, we have this old 1900 era farmhouse and it doesn't have any sump pumps. So we had snow melt and the water decided to come and visit us. So we had about five inches of water in our basement, our our cellar, and I had to hook up a pump and get it all out. So yes, homesteading is an adventure. It's an adventure. You could have just said that you had an indoor swimming pool. You could have said you have a really fancy farmhouse like that. Oh, I could have. Man, I got to get my uh, my podcasting brain on and really work it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we had the hot tub down there, you know, a little mouse floating by. No problem, right? <laughs> yes. Ugh. Good times. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, we are so excited to have you on today because... You know, often I say that like tomatoes are the gateway to gardening. And I think that chickens are the gateway to homesteading. So I'm a total noob. Jules is a total noob with chickens. We've never had a chicken. We eat lots of chicken, but we never (laughs) have (laughs) had chickens before. So I'm hoping Uh that you can help us with all things chicken today. Can you you help us? I can totally do that. I I don't know if I'll give you the best advice, but I can tell you what I've done. So yeah, there you go. Well, and and I think you wrote a book on the subject, right? A book. Uh, I wrote a, like a short little book about uh, choosing the best meat bird breed. Uh, I did that, but Mm -hmm. I I don't know that that's even available right now. I think that that went away for a little while as I redo some things. So really? Okay. That's good to know. So don't buy the book. (laughs) No, don't. (laughs) wait for the next one (laughs) right wait till version two (laughs) there you go (laughs) but we do have uh amy is an author in in addition to her podcasting and blogging career so we do have a couple of her books about managing money and and life with the dog you know yeah those books they're really good and, and fiction too so um it's cool to have you on so let's talk chickens how long have you had chickens how how long have you had the little feathered friends The little feathered friends. Well, we actually, we've been here at the farm since 2011, but we had chickens before we were at the farm. Oh, really? Uh, When we were actually, because before we were at the farm, we rented my parents' basement at my childhood home. We rented that for a few years while we were transitioning from living Mm -hmm. in town to finding the farm and buying the farm. And so we actually got chickens, I think in 2009, while we were at my parents' house. So they had a little shed on their property and we took the back of that shed and we turned it into a chicken coop and then got some dog panels and uh, or dog kennel panels and put up a little fence outside of that and cut a hole in the side of the shed and made a little run for them, covered it, you know, put some netting on the top so they couldn't get out. And we started there, I think with six birds. And I think within two years we'd exploded to unmentionable numbers <laughs> of birds as does happen. Cause you know, obviously you've heard of chicken math. So that chicken is math. absolutely a thing. So yeah, that's, that 
that's how we started way back we, in the day. Do we actually have a definition for chicken math? I'm just curious because I, I don't know, I, yeah. but, but it's, you know, you, you say you have six or you start with six and then you see more and you get more and you see more and you get more, and then you need a couple more and a couple more. And, and then you look out and you say, where did all these chickens come from? Where did all these birds come from? I did not do this, but you did. You totally you did. did. Yeah. yeah your I, husband will ask you one day, how many birds do we have? Amy? And you'll say, I don't, I don't really know. I, I, don't, know. I, I don't want to say 20, 25. <laughs> 30, I don't know. 30, 40, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, those were, when you started, were they all egg layers? They weren't meat birds then, right? Correct. They were yeah. all egg layers. That's, that's what we started with. We had a rooster and uh, cause we did want to incubate and try that whole mm-hmm. thing. And then we had the girls and I think we actually, I think the girls we actually started with were ones we had found on Craigslist where someone was kind of thinning out. They okay. had a, they had a, they probably were a victim of chicken math as well and, okay. and looked out in their backyard one day and said, what in the world is going on here? We need to thin this out. And so we went and grabbed six from them and brought hmm. them home for this rooster that we had. And yeah. That's and then I, I think we went to tractor supply and they were having uh, chick days and we bought mm, a few more home mm-hmm. and you know how it goes. I'm, I'm warning you, this is a thing. So be careful when you get into it. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and that's an interesting thought um, angle that I hadn't even thought about uh, the getting more mature chickens versus chick chicks, you know, starting from scratch versus, you know, it's like getting a puppy versus a mature yes. dog. Right. And yeah. there's different ways to approach that. I imagine. Right. Right. Oh yeah. And yeah. we had, we had found these older birds and the, and the funny thing is we brought them home and I kept going out like every 10 minutes to see if they laid an egg. Cause I, w- I was so dang excited. We're going to have an egg because you know, the person we got them from had said they were laying. Well, I didn't understand that when you bring new chickens to your house, they're going to be a little stressed. Okay. You know, they're, they're not going to like just okay, I'm going to lay an egg. They have to get used to their surroundings and they have Um, to chill out and be like, okay, this is a safe place. Okay. Now I'm going to find a box. Okay. This is okay. Now I'm going to go back to laying my eggs. So I was sure there was something wrong with them and they had sold us these chickens that were not laying. No, I just needed to chill out. So, and I, I was dorkishly excited the first time I went out and found that that first egg that was laid in our coop. I, I was just a, a big nerd about how exciting it was, but it, it was exciting. It it's is exciting. exciting. Yeah, absolutely. It's it a is. whole new thing. Yeah. And man, if whole you would have had Instagram back then, it would have been all over Instagram and your <laughs> Facebook and all this stuff. But I don't think that stuff was a thing back then, right? It, it, it what If it was, I wasn't on you it. You weren't on it, um, yeah. But <laughs> I wasn't either. I have no idea when that, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I hear you. Um, Huh. That's interesting. Cause I know my friend, Michael Bell, we just visited him down in Dallas when we were on our vacation, we went up and drove up and saw him and he had chicken or he's got chickens in this gnarly looking uh, chicken coop, but uh, we'll get the coops in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he had, he had trouble getting them to start laying. And I didn't even think about, I didn't put two and two mm-hmm. together about being stressed and this is not, yeah. you know, they don't feel safe and they're not going to lay eggs for you until they feel that way. So yeah. Hmm. No, that's good. It takes that's... a little bit, but it, it'll come around. So, yeah. Yeah. And he's getting eggs now. And I, we watched him pick eggs, uh, you know, yeah. gather eggs while we were there. So it was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, someday soon, someday, you know, so <laughs> <Someday>. would you <laughs> would you recommend going that route and getting mature chickens versus chick chicks? I mean, it depends how long you want to wait for eggs. And I mm-hmm. guess it depends what's 
available to you. We had, well, I mean, we'll get into this, but we, we did have, once we got to the farm, we had a situation here where we were dealing with chicken math again, uh-huh. and we had way too many birds. And so we mm. actually had some friends who wanted to get started in chickens and they had two boys um, that were, you know, maybe 10, 11, 12 at the time. And I said, I tell you what, you come over and any birds that your boys can catch, you guys can take home. Oh, wow. Because we had so many birds, but uh, same thing. So that was a great way for them to start because then they were going to have chickens after they called down, after they calmed down from the boys running around and catching them, obviously, and bringing them home and, you know, getting used to their new place. Obviously, then they were immediately getting eggs. So that's a great way to start. But if chicks are also a great way to start, it's all if you want to deal with brooders and, mm-hmm. you know, ordering the chicks right. and getting the chicks and keeping dealing them with baby. Yeah, yeah. Like that whole thing. It's, it's all what you want to do and what you have available to where you, where you live. It's, there's lots of options. Sure. So. Sure. And confession here, we had an opportunity to get some mature chicks last fall even. So we could have like day one here at the farm, we could have oh, had sure. chickens and yeah. it was like, Oh my gosh, I don't feel like we're ready. You know, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. have to do all the other things and just adding that into the mix would just yes. make us crazy. I think. <laughs> I, I think you chose correctly. <laughs> I think you chose widely, <laughs> wisely. Yes. Yes. So you had, you were a chick lady. You've had a lot of chicks. Oh yeah. What breeds have you had? Do you have a, do you, do you know, you know or. Oh man, we have had, <laughs> we've had so many different breeds uh-huh. of chicks. Um, We've done, oh my gosh, like Rhode Island Red. We've done uh-huh. Orpington, Leghorns, Brahmas, Silkies, Bard Rock, Australorps, Americanas. We've we've done so many different breeds. And I think right now, I don't even know what we have because they're all like mutt chickens. Okay. Because <laughs> we, we keep roosters and we have hens. Okay. And if they want to sit and hatch out some babies, then that's what they do. And so eventually all you, you just have this big mixed up yard of chickens and it's wonderful. But yeah, I don't know. Lots of different breeds have gone through here. So, right, right. Is there one that you really like? I mean, that lays a lot, easy to take care of, um, something that a homesteader should start with. Is there a recommendation? Um, <laughs> Putting yourself out on limb because you know what? Every homesteader has an opinion on this. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. I, you know, I, if your point is to have eggs, lots uh-huh. of eggs, mm-hmm. I, I would go with leghorns. Okay. They're a very boring chicken, they're just a white chicken you know, just like Mm -hmm. a white skinny kind of chicken, but they are egg laying machines. You will get Mm. so many eggs from them. They lay white eggs, just kind of boring, you know? And a a lot of people who are into homesteading want the really cool chickens. Oh yeah. You know, the really fancy chickens are the really cool chickens, which is fine, but they don't always lay a ton of eggs. Right. So as long as you know that, that's fine. But if you want to get chickens so you can have a bunch of eggs and you get a really fancy bird that only lays two, two eggs a week, you know, you, you, you got to look into uh, what those chickens can do for you. you. If you're ordering from a hatchery catalog, it will generally say, this is how big this chicken will get. Mm. You know, this is their personality. And this is how many eggs you can expect to get from them in a year. So hmm. pay attention to that for sure. Right. I definitely. will say when we were starting out, everybody said you should get buff Orpingtons. So they're kind of a beige colored, fluffy sort of, you know, bigger bird, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everybody said you should get those because they are so friendly and you have little kids. <laughs> so you should get them because they are so friendly. Now I've heard a lot of people say they are so friendly and I don't know if we got buff Orpingtons that did not know that they were buff Orpingtons, mm. but the buff Orpingtons we had 
were not friendly at all. They were actually pretty mean, the rooster especially. <laughs> so I, I kept going out and saying, y'all, you are supposed to be like the friendliest breed of chicken. And they were like, we do what we want because we're chickens. <laughs> so like pay, pay attention to what they say about personalities because sure. people will say that leghorns are really flighty, meaning they scare easily and they're just okay. like spazzy kind of, which mm. is true, but that's not every leghorn, you know? Mm. And like with Buff Orpingtons, I'm sure there are very friendly Buff Orpingtons, but Mine didn't get the the memo. So not so much. Yeah. Not so much. No. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I suppose it comes down to um the purpose of your birds as well, whether you're just getting eggs for yourself or you're trying to do a yep. egg operation too. I imagine. Indeed. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, you're just doing them for yourself. Uh yeah. We used to uh, attempt to sell eggs. Yeah. But I mean, we had a few, we, I guess we still have a couple of people that would be like, do you have any extra eggs? I'll mm. stop by and get some. And we do, you know, have extra eggs occasionally, but sure. um, selling eggs is a whole nother thing. Yeah. You know, it's like a, it's, it's like a level up and you have to be wanting to do that. And you have mm-hmm. to be in an area where there's not already a million people raising their right. own chickens or selling eggs. So, right. Right. Yeah. And yeah. you, you bake enough and do all the things. Oh, yeah. So um, yep. you, uh, you're not going to be able to get in there and, and, uh, or you're probably not going to have a ton of extra cause you're doing, you know, you got two hungry boys and, and Jay right. and everything else. <laughs> well, and we have, um, it depends what time of year, I guess I should point that out. You know, chickens will usually slow down in the winter. Sometimes they will stop in the winter and there oh, yeah. are other times of the year where they're just like, Oh, you're like, Oh my gosh, look at all these eggs. And we're, we're overrun with eggs. What do we do with all the eggs? And so now this is actually the first year that we've started water glassing, Oh. Our, <clears throat> our eggs. And okay. so that is just a way of preserving the eggs in water and pickling lime. Oh. So you just keep them in jars or buckets in a nice, cool, dark place. And you supposedly can save these for like six months to a year. Hmm. And they are, <clears throat> excuse me, and they are yeah. still good. And are they hard boiled or are they just, no, nope. no, nope. okay. you just collect them. So you need, they have to be freshly laid. So this isn't anything you would ever do with a store-bought egg, mm-hmm. but freshly laid clean eggs. Mm. So if you got to wipe, you got to do a little scrubby scrubby with anything on these eggs, you don't want to use this for water glassing. So nice, clean eggs. Um, you make this solution, which is, I think, don't quote me on this, but I think it's a quart of water to a tablespoon of pickling lime. Look that up before you actually do it. Cause I might be pulling that out of the wrong part of my brain, but <laughs> you just, you just put that in a big jar or bucket, however you want to do it. And you just very carefully put those eggs in there. And when it's full, you know, go put your bucket wherever you're going to keep it. Hmm. And then when your chickens slow down for the year, when you have a shortage of chicken eggs, you just pull them out of there and yeah. you have to, you have to wash them off really, really good. Cause you don't want that pickling lime to like get, you know, into the egg. Um, but there are some people who will say the consistency changes. So you would use it for like scrambled eggs. You would okay. use it for baking. You would use it for something like that. It's not something that you're going to like crack open and have an over easy egg, sure. but there are other people that say I cracked it open and had an over easy egg and it was fine. So probably hmm. depends on the egg on how long you've had it sitting in there. It all depends, but we've never done this before, but we have lots of friends who do it and they swear by it. So that's something new that we are trying this year. Right. And, and yeah. that's the thing is uh, Julie's cousins had some eggs and, or eggs, they had chickens and they, and they just had an overabundance and, and yeah. they hadn't figured out a way to preserve them. So 
uh, they were constantly giving them away and, and trying to get rid of them. And it's, it's, yeah. Figuring out the preservation side is real key too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially, especially with things going on in the world with uh, potential chicken shortages coming up. Um, I don't know if you've been following this, but we have a bird flu that's going through and um, different, uh, like in Nebraska, just last night or yesterday, Nebraska lost, you know, several hundred thousand birds. They had to euthanize them um, because they're very concerned about bird flu. And I know this happened in South Dakota. I know it happened to almost a million birds down in Iowa as well. So they're very concerned. Um, Are you... Uh, do you see foresee a chick shortage or an egg shortage or chicken shortage coming up? Uh, like in Just the thoughts? store yeah, or for... yeah. chicks, like chicks at uh, tractor supply or from breeders. Do you think there's mm, going to be a shortage there? Or... I, my gut, I don't know this for sure, but my gut feeling is that the, the big places that are raising all these chickens, they're getting their chicks from somewhere that we don't have access to. Okay. Like they have their own hatcheries. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't think that those places are ever going to go to the smaller hatcheries that any of us would be using. So okay. I, I don't know that it's going to affect us that way, but gotcha. I mean, I, I would be, sh- I would bet money on, you know, the cost of eggs going up, the cost of chicken going up, Yep. I, all of that, but that's, that's not something I worry about because I've got it here at my farm. <laughs> <laughs> For all of us mere mortals right, here in right, space right, right. that do not have our chickens and meat birds. You, you have to get your chickens, yes. get started with those chickens. So then you don't have to worry about it either. And and right. bird flu is something I, I feel like they talk about every few years. Yep. It's something that goes through. And yep. then when they talk about it, it's a really big deal. And this has never happened before. And it's horrible. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I've, I've been at the farm since 2011. And I swear this is the fourth time I've heard about it since we've been here. So and, and you know, it, it goes around. And yeah, we've, we've just been here since September. And I, I know for a fact, just from tracking things in my own, just because I'm a nerd and interested i've been i've heard this a few times and i Mm -hmm. wasn't even paying that close of attention but right the other thing to remember too is how many days from egg to table it's like 28 or 25 or maybe 30 max so you wipe out you euthanize a group now but 30 days you've got a whole new a whole new crew and things are changed things have changed so um i think there'll be the supply i'll catch up you know what i mean yeah i think it'll be interesting to see what how it all works out. Yes. What, what's happening? Yeah. I know. I know. Not to go. Yeah. Right. Now I didn't want to go down the political thing, but just keep right? that in mind, everybody is that um, bird flu is out there. So, you know, get, put a, a little extra chicken in your freezer right now. That's yeah. not a bad idea. So not a bad idea. Right. For people who, you know, might do a little uh, just being prepared for life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When times get tough or even when they don't even when they don't. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you, are you getting chicks this year? Cause I thought you got, um, you had some hens that had like 14 chicks in the middle of winter and you're like, what? So are you getting chicks this year? Um, any little babies that are, uh, new to the farm are this year are going to be just what was hatched from our ducks or our chickens. Okay. As far as it. the layers go. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I don't, I don't need anything new right now. We will get, uh, meat birds we will get cornish cross because we get those every year okay um I've I, heard, and i've heard that's the meat bird to get but you know people's it, opinions yeah, and all, so, yeah that's yeah. that's a whole that's a whole rabbit trail to go down down <laughs> and we can go down that rabbit trail but or maybe we should call it a, a chicken 
trail. I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. <laughs> the chickens, the chicken run. <laughs> yeah. There you go. The chicken run. That's what it is. That's right. No, but so we will order uh, Cornish cross. Normally every year we do 50. Okay. Uh, they are <laughs> the places I'm getting them from. They are way more expensive this year, mm. way more expensive. Mm-hmm. I have had people send me different hatcheries where they're not as expensive. I've had people who have sent me pictures um, of Cornish cross that are for sale at tractor supply and at their local tractor supply. And they are half the cost of what I'm seeing them from the hatcheries that we can get stuff from. So I'm not really sure. I don't know that I've ever seen a Cornish cross at a tractor supply where I live. So I thought that was interesting (laughs) that people were sending, you know, and maybe I just haven't paid attention for a while, but um so I, I, I talked with my hubby about that. Like, well, what are we going to do about this? Cause I don't want to be paying three or four bucks for a chick right. when I'm used to paying a dollar 20, a dollar 82 dollars. Right. So what are we going to do about that? And we do have these ducks. We have Muscovy ducks that we got last year. And so this year they will be hatching out babies and mm-hmm. we do raise those for meat and eggs. So we will have that. So he said, maybe we should only order 25 Cornish cross Hmm. and then make up the rest of the meat. You know, obviously we raised pork here and we're fine. We've never run out of that. And maybe we should just count that we're going to, you know, butcher more of the ducks than we normally would or, you know, whatever. And I said, well, well, we can do that. But the the other thing that I want to do, and we won't do it this year because we have a different focus this year, which we'll probably get into if we start talking about gardens, because I know you like gardens. Uh, just a little bit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I I would like to figure out a way to get a meat bird, something that will work as a meat bird that is more sustainable. Mm. And what I mean by that is Cornish cross are like the best meat bird. They are so big. They grow really fast. If that matters to you, that's not why I have them. I just think they're a really good meaty meat bird, right? Sure. Sure. The problem is you can't, they don't reproduce. Ah, okay. And if you were to keep them long enough and for some reason they would reproduce, which apparently is really hard because they're so big and you know, whatever, we don't need to Mm -hmm. get into the mechanics. Right. But um, they, they, if they were to have those little babies, it wouldn't be Cornish cross that they were Hmm. having. Hmm. They don't breed true. So they don't give what they are. They would give, you know, genetically what they came from. I see. So there's this big scientific mystery about how is it that they actually make Cornish cross anyway? Like, how does that even happen? You know, mm. and, and nobody really knows. It's like a secret of the hatcheries, I guess. But I would love to have a meat bird that I could keep a rooster and I could keep some hens. And then we would have something that will work as a really good meat bird that I wouldn't have to buy every single year mm. because mm-hmm. that's that's kind of the glitch in our system. We have to order the meat birds every year. And we've tried a couple things and they're just, they're not as meaty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're just not, not as meaty. So I either have to keep trying or I have to accept the fact that if I want to be more self-sufficient in that, I'm going to need to accept a less meaty bird. Hmm. So I still need to work through like, which is more important to me, but that's not anything we're going to worry about till probably next year. Cause right. we've, we've kind of got a little, a little different focus here this year. So, right, right, right. No, that's an interesting point. Cause then if you're not getting as much meat, then you might have to increase the number of birds you have, which increase right. your feed costs and, right. and the cost of input, you know, your output yeah. smaller. So interesting. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. There's a lot to think about there. And mm-hmm. um, I know 
I know what you're doing, you know, to try to break away a little bit, or at least yeah. c- cut that dependence from the feed store and yeah. well, at least the, the chicks and the hatcheries mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So that totally makes sense. Now, here's a question for you uh, with the ducks versus the, the chickens. I mean, could you see yourself just sticking with the Muscovies and then, you know, just a little bit of chicken, or do you think there's a balance there? Um, are, you, I like- or are you looking for that balance? I like both of them. So I would always raise both of like, I like chicken. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I would always have chicken. I also like duck, (laughs) but we raise them for different, you know, it's a different kind of meal. Okay. There's so many different things you can do with chicken and there's probably a lot of stuff you can do with duck. But when we do ducks, uh, we don't butcher the whole bird. We just take the breast Okay. and that's what we save. And they look like like steaks. I mean, they're Mm. huge and they're dark and they're wonderful. And we actually, our favorite thing to do with them is make duck bacon burgers, which is basically you take the duck meat, you take some bacon, you grind it together, and then you make patties. And then Mm. that is your burger. And it is the most insanely amazing burger in the whole world. So that's the entire reason. (laughs) (laughs) It's the entire reason that we, we raise ducks. Well, and further eggs, because I love duck eggs. Right. So everything goes better with bacon. You know, we we know that everything, including the duck. Um, (laughs) So checking, look, comparing that Muscovy duck egg to a chicken egg, they're bigger, right? And they're more, they have a richer yolk, I think. This is what I've heard. I haven't had it. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, they definitely. I I should post a picture of. It's mm. insane when you crack one of those duck eggs. They're just the yolk is so huge. It take it's so huge compared to like the white on a chicken egg. You know mm. that comparison. Mm-hmm. It's so huge and yeah, it's they're very very rich. They're really great for baking. They're really great for like making homemade mayo. Mm. They're just they're fabulous. They're so rich and they're so rich in fact that I used to not be able to eat them. Wow. I would only use them for baking, but now I've actually acclimated to duck eggs and I like those better than chicken eggs. Okay. They're, they're a little, they're a little treat for me. So sure. Yeah. Sure. Do you, <laughs> um, now the Muscovies will fly. Do they, have you lost, yeah. have any flown away or do you clip their wings or, or we have them in the area that we used to have our pheasants in. Okay. And so that is a covered run. Gotcha. We actually, we cover all of our runs here gotcha. uh, just to, protect them a little bit for things not getting in, but yeah, Mm. the, the ducks can definitely fly. So yeah, if Mm -hmm. we didn't have it covered, they, they would be gone and I would be very sad because they they were hard to get here in Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. I know that down South, they just run wild, but up here it was, it was hard to get them. Ooh, I've got a lot of, now my brain is going a couple different directions. So (laughs) in the the weathered okay with the storm, because I I know you posted a picture of, you had two that were in their little, uh, you know, their feed barrel igloos, you know, in the snow and the blizzard, but they were out there and they survived. Okay. in us in this Northern environment, they did. Okay. They were absolutely fine. Um, we had Pekin ducks before these, and I would say they were, they were pretty hardcore about the weather. I remember it was like 50 below one day and I walked outside and they were like, Hey, we're just hanging out in the snow. And I'm like, you can go in the barn, go in the barn. It's warmer in the barn. They didn't care. And I would say these, these ducks, they, they don't necessarily mind the cold, but they were, they were very okay with going in the barn when it got real cold. And then they were just like, you know what, we're, we're good. We're not going to go back outside till it warms up. So, but they were fine. I mean, they survived. So yeah. And my brain's still thinking here. So do you mingle your ducks and your chickens or they keep thou shalt not pass the line and here they are in the chicken coop. And then you have the duck, the former pheasant coop, and that's where they live. They don't mingle, right? Or do they mingle? 
They do not mingle, not okay. here at our farm, just because we have them separated. Mm-hmm. The, the spot that the ducks are is super, super wet. Well, yeah. I should say everything's wet right now, but yeah. um, I know there are people that let their ducks and their chickens go together. There are some people, well, and if you free range, I mean, everything's going to be together anyway, but um, there are some people that say if you put ducks and chickens together, the boy ducks can actually kill the girl chickens oh, okay. if they if they go on a little date. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I do. I do. Because they don't fit together correctly. Oh, right. So I, um, I have heard of that, but I also know a lot of people who keep them together and it's absolutely fine. So huh. it's one of those things. Right. And I, that makes sense to me. So um, the other thing I was thinking of, uh, you were talking about your runs and your coops, and we'll get into that because coops are always fascinating and uh, predator, predator, predators are an issue. We, I just watched an eagle fly over the alfalfa field here. Um, They're around and they're around a lot. And we just had it when we were started recording uh, before we, we turned on, you know, before we started recording, watched a hawk carry some creature away uh, right out of my window here in the podcast studio. And it's like, yeah, we've got predators here. I got owls. I got coyotes. I got raccoons. I got possum. I got the hawks and the eagles. So cover, do you let them free range? And what do you got going on with predators and and your coops and all that good stuff? Oh, that it's kind of a long (laughs) wind up. (laughs) I was like that. There's a lot of ways we could go with that. Okay. So free ranging, free ranging. Yeah. Um, We used to free range. Okay. For probably the first four years we were here, probably mm-hmm. we free ranged um, and we don't free range anymore. Okay. And we free range. And I mean, there's good things about free ranging. They get to you know pick their bugs and do their thing, live their happy life and um, eat probably a lot, a lot more variety of things than if they're not free ranging. But we found... Actually, this actually does connect because the reason we stopped free ranging was because we had one summer where the predator pressure Mm. was absolutely insane. And I thought all we are doing is feeding the local wildlife. Gotcha. And you expect that a little bit when you decide to free range, like you understand there are predators and you're going to lose some of your birds. But there was one year it was just, it was actually a bunch of stray dogs that came through. Oh, wow. I mean, for predators here, we have hawks and eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, they they would swoop down and they would take a chick or they would take a, a smaller bird. Uh, we had fox that would come through and and take a bird, a mom usually dragging it off to her den for her babies. And, mm-hmm. and like, I understand that it's a circle of life and it's part of nature. But, oh, my word, we had one summer where nine different stray dogs oh my came through. And every time they came through, they just annihilated any bird that they could find. And I just got very, very frustrated Mm -hmm. and thought, why are we doing this? And we decided we were going to lock our birds back up. Didn't know if it was going to be permanent, but it did end up being permanent. But the thing with free ranging your birds is that they, they really will destroy your yard. Mm -hmm. They, they will eat anything they can find that they want to eat. So any plants that they want that you you know, don't have protected with something, they're, they're just going to nibble on those and decide, you know, that's my meal today. That's what I'm eating. They will make little hole, little craters in your yard because they like to dust bath. Mm-hmm. So they're just little craters wherever they want. Sure. Um, if <laughs> here is something that I never thought about if, if you are free ranging your, your birds and they just, they're used to being out. If you decide like, you're going to have some friends over on a Sunday afternoon and you're going to have a little campfire, <laughs> little potluck 
those birds, <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? <laughs> These Those birds are like, oh, did you invite me as well? Okay, well, do, do you have any potato chips? Because I really love potato chips. And they'll mm. hop right up in the middle of what you're doing. And, th- and that's not cool, right? Some people think that's cool. It's not cool. It's not right. cool. <laughs> well, and the other the other aspect is what they're doing after they eat and digest yeah. it too. And exactly. that's going to be well, yeah. all over everything. So exactly. I exactly. hope Julie is listening to this right now because <laughs> here at Driftless Oaks Farm and Flower Company, we're going to have flowers yeah. all over the place. Yeah. And those flowers will be delicious. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I know she wants to do wood tick uh, control, you know, yep. and that's cool, but right. they will also be doing, oh, the sunflower is tasty oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. this phlox is tasty right. and oh, I'm going to poop on your chair. Exactly. And if you have <laughs> paths through those beautiful flower gardens, they mm. will walk along and you will have little, little chicken droppings everywhere because that's uh-huh. what they do. Well, and that was the other thing when, when we were free ranging, we had this one year, it was the year of, inf- you know, that will live forever in infamy. Sure. We had, I'm not even kidding. We had like 75 birds running around this farm, <laughs> which is way more than we need. And they had all kind of separated into their own little flocks, their own little chicken gangs. And like, we have this wonderful coop, right? We have the barn, yeah. which is where our coop is. Mm-hmm. And they just decided they were going to go in any building that they wanted to any uh-huh. building. They, Cause we have tons of buildings on the farm. <laughs> and so for instance, we had this one chicken gang that decided they were going to take over our woodshed, which is a three-sided building. Doesn't yep. have a door, right? right? It's a mm-hmm. three-sided building. So they decide they're going to go into the rafters mm. and that's where they're going to sleep at night. Well, you know what happens when they're up in the rafters. Mm-hmm. So you would go in and there's chicken poop all over the wood pile and all Ugh. over the ranger and all over the wood splitter, because that's yeah. where they've decided to live. And you know, like that's just the reality of free ranging your birds. Like they, they go where they want and they do what they want. So. Yeah. We've got, uh, we've got the blue barn and some birds, uh, some sparrows have gotten in there and that's just, they like to live there and uh, yeah, they are dusting. Well, they are dropping uh, little bombs on all oh, the yeah. stuff we're stored in there. So it's like, yeah. Ugh, yuck. Yeah. Yuck, yuck, yuck. So yeah. mm. it's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> it yeah. Is. Okay. So, um, yeah, that answers a question for us then. Cause you know, Julie's cousins, they free ranged Michael Bell down in Texas. He had them in what we call the Taj Mahal It is the most Michael, I'm going to give it to you, man. It is the most janky thing I've ever seen, but Hey, it works. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's got pieces of wood and the stuff. Yep. We have a nice yep. little blue, um, chicken coop. It's probably a small, it's a small shed, you know, like a nice, it must've been an ice house at one time, but, uh, mm. it's got brooder boxes in it and roosting stuff, but I do need to secure it. I, I want a better door on it. It's got a screen door on it that has just an eye hook for closure. And I, maybe that mm-hmm. works, but mm-hmm. I don't know. What, what do you think about that? Does that sound like secure or, you know, these animals are very hungry and they, they have all night to think about it and how to get in. So what, what would you suggest like a, a, a good door on the front end of that or on that, or what do you think? I, you know what? It's absolutely going to depend. <clears throat> it is absolutely, absolutely going to depend what kind of predators you have. Okay. And you're, you're probably not going to know what kind of predators you have until you get those birds. Mm-hmm. That's when you'll start seeing, Oh, I didn't know we had Mr. You know, whoever in the woods, Yeah. Mm-hmm. but I mean, it's crazy because we, we had that chicken gang that was hanging out in the woodshed and they were fine. Like they hmm. were not secure at all. Right. They've got a three-sided building, right? We had chickens who lived in our trees. Like they just went up in the trees. They're like, this is where I'm living now. This is my hmm. home. Yeah. 
and they were fine, but there are other people. It, it all depends where you live and what's around you. Yeah. So um, like our coop right now, it's just the Northwest corner of our barn, which is actually mm-hmm. where the original chicken coop was because it's got all the, it's got a wall of the original uh, nesting boxes, which oh, wow. is pretty cool. cool. It's like, they're super, super old. Yeah. There's probably really cool. 40 nesting boxes in there. So that's just where we decided to put the chickens when we moved in. Mm-hmm. And we, the only door on there is it's just, it's a door with a little spinny wood thing that locks it. That's, that's all it is. Um, and then we, the original chicken coop was huge, probably 20 by 20. And so we actually divided into two, you know, like 10 by 10 Mm -hmm. and put like a pass through door. So if we ever need to like separate the flock for some reason Mm -hmm. or whatever, there's been lots of reasons that's come in really handy, but, uh, that just has a little clasp closer on that door. Okay. Uh, and we haven't had any issues with that. Mm. We have outside runs that are made of dog kennel panels. And okay. it, so the, the door of that is just the normal latch on a dog kennel. Sure. And we haven't had any issues with that. But, you know, there are people who have to, when they build a coop, they have to bury like wire, like yep. fencing down so stuff doesn't dig mm-hmm. and get into their run or get into their coop. We've never had that issue before. Gotcha. So it like research it and, and, have some options available to you, but it it all depends where you live and what's around you. You might make like this super <laughs> strong okay. structure and it Alcatraz. might not, <laughs> Yeah. And and they might be like, yeah, okay, cool. That's real cool. You built it. Like does you know, I'm yeah. I'm not breaking into that. Whatever. And you you may have just a janky kind of you know setup that mm-hmm. works totally fine because you you have no no predator pressure right. or whatever you right. want to call it. So We've been yeah. very lucky here. Hmm. I mean, I know I talked about, you know, the stray dogs going through and hawks and all that, but relatively speaking, you know, we, we've been pretty lucky here as far as predators go. Yeah. I think, um, I think I'm leaning more towards having runs and, you know, mm-hmm. trying to secure them because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just don't know. And yeah, you invested all this time and effort and then, and then, you know, right. Box and right everyone's having dinner and yeah. on you and uh, you know, that's okay for a little yeah. bit, but it can get you, you know? Yeah. So, well, and, and it, it's a difference if you have six hens or you have 60 hens, Yes, true. you know, if, if a Fox comes in and takes half your flock and now you only have three chickens, that's, I mean, it's bad when a Fox mm-hmm. comes in, but I, you know, you know what I'm saying? If you have 60 chickens and a Fox comes in and takes three, that's different. So, right. That, that makes a difference. And I know, I I think we do have a Fox that comes through. Uh, There was one dead on the road, but I know we've Hmm. seen footprints all winter and, uh, and Julie was sitting out on the back one day and one come just trotting right through and nice little silver (laughs) Fox. Oh boy. Hi, how you doing? (laughs) Got any birds today? No. Got any birds for me? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that's good to know. I mean, I've been thinking about actually putting that coop up on a trailer, you know, and be able Mm. to wheel it around a little bit, but then it would be off the ground because right now it's right on the ground and, you know, when you have feed, you have other creatures that come in too. Like yes, rats, you do. You know. Yes, mm-hmm. you do. I guess I should have talked about that in the predator thing. That was yeah. our predator last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. rats. Mm. Yep, rats. The rats. Mm. So, have you gotten those under control? Uh, they seem to be gone for now. Isn't that crazy? But it's they seem to come in cycles. So, huh. Weird. yeah, they they were bad again this winter, and we got the new traps out and and killed a lot of them. And then mm. we didn't deal with them. 
And then maybe two weeks ago, we had another kind of, you know, they tried again and the traps were still out and they were like, oh yeah, sorry, guess we're not going to do that. And so we haven't seen them again for a while, but something you got to pay attention to. Right, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know we've got, I know we've got mice in our barns and we've been doing a good job keeping those at bay, but uh, haven't seen any of those critters yet. And I really Mm -hmm. don't want to. So yeah. yeah, so what uh, so what are typical problems that newbie or or seasoned chick peeps have or chicken peeps have? What I mean, disease. I'm sure um, you know there's there's that what that pasty butt for chicks, and then there's oh, yeah. a foot thing that happens with some chickens too, where they have to soak it. I mean, what bumble what, foot? What, I bumble think foot. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. not anything we've ever dealt with here. Um, we have dealt with the, the pasty butt thing. Mm. Um, and here's the interesting thing. If you order chicks from a hatchery, pasty butt is something you're probably going to have to deal with. If you are dealing with chicks that were hatched out at your farm, you will not have to deal with pasty butt. That's interesting. Isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, some people say it's the stress of shipping that causes it. I mean, there's, you know, a few different theories about why it happens, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a thing. And if you don't keep it under control, you, you, you can lose chicks. Hmm. So it's basically, you know, when their, their vent gets plugged with fecal matter and then, you know, they can't do what they need to do. And then they I'm die. Sticking my so, tongue out. Yeah. Right. You're like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a thing, but I've never dealt with it with chicks that have either been incubated and hatched out on our farm or hatched under a mom on our farm. So, okay. Interesting. Yeah. That is really interesting. Yeah. Huh. Okay. And bumblefoot, you've never, I've it. never dealt with that. No. Okay. Um, is that like a parasite yeah. kind of thing or a bacteria? You know I, I don't even know. Okay. I should know, but it's not anything that I've ever dealt with. I will tell you that. Um, what is it? coccidia oh coccidosis i don't know um that is something if your chicks get that they they will they will go down faster than you like you will just come out one day and they will be they will be dead and then Mm. you'll you'll come out a couple hours later and more will be dead and you'll come out you know like it's just this thing that takes over until it kills everything and um we've had that go through once Mm. and i i don't know how it got here my we took in um there was some extra chicks that the feed oh. store had mm. and they were looking for someone to take them and we had just gotten chicks from them like two days before so they were the same size they were the same whatever hmm. came from the same hatchery like i have no idea i've never dealt with this before and within like I don't know, a week of them being here, all of a sudden I had a dead chick and then I had more dead chicks and then I had more dead chicks. And I'm like, what is going wow. on? And I, I messaged one of my farm friends. I said, what do you think is happening? And she said, I think this is what you have and this is what you need to do. And um, there's a medicine that you can buy mm. that you can put in the chick's water um, and you you can try to stop it. And uh, we lost a lot of chickens or wow. ch- chicks. And so mm. that that kind of sucked, but you learn. Yeah. And it, it's one of those things where you think, oh, I've never dealt with this before. I must be super cool or I must be like a really great chicken keeper or something. And then, no, it's just that you haven't dealt with it yet. <laughs> That's all it is. Yeah. Don't, don't get too cocky about it because it'll yeah. happen. Yeah. Happen. No, it's yeah. like dampening off disease with plants. Yeah. You know, you got all your yes. seedlings going all of a sudden one's down and you're like, what? Yeah. And then all of a sudden the whole thing the whole yeah. flat is dead yeah you're like, oh my god it happens yeah it does it absolutely does 
Um, yeah. Yeah. We can talk about that later. <laughs> um, any big lessons learned with chickens? I mean, is there anything you, what, it, you know, any big lesson that someone who is brand new to the whole chicken world should know or could mm, learn from? Other than chicken math is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Be aware that, I mean, I, I guess I would say like, you can totally do it. Yeah. It, like, you could totally do it. And I, I think part of the problem is that people try to make it sound really complicated. Mm. And I think sometimes that's the problem with lots of podcasts and bloggers and mm. YouTube's like, we all have to talk about it and we all have to have something to talk about. So sure. we make it really complicated because yeah. you have to listen to me about this thing that I'm going to tell you about. And people have been raising chickens for years. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes people will I have to have the perfect coop. I have yeah. to have the perfect setup. It has to be this, this, and this. And I have to raise mm. my chickens in a certain way. I want to feed them this kind of food. I want to, you know, I want to free range them. I don't want to have to lock them up. Um, you can do it. You may have to do it differently than you thought. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was always like, I'm going to feed organic feed and I'm going to do all this <laughs> stuff. You can't even get that where I live. <laughs> like if you want that, you have to order it. They don't even carry it at our feed store. So you know, and I was always the person I'm going to free range my birds because you shouldn't lock them up. And well, mm. you already know what I did about that. So, right. Right. Yeah. Mm. Soy or that, uh, really organic feed is, would be great. Sounds super expensive. You know it's what I super, mean? Super, super expensive. Oh yeah. My gosh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, like my buddy, Adam Rick, who was recently on the podcast said, he said, you know, we used to do this stuff. He said, well, different word for stuff. We do this, used to do this stuff yeah. in caves. So, you know, yeah. you're going to be okay. You can do right. it. You know, we used to raise kids in caves. Yes. We can do yes. this. <laughs> Don't overcomplicate it. Yeah. Yep, yeah, that's true. I mean, if you saw Michael Bell's Taj Mahal, you would say, wow, I could do something even a, a little cooler than that. And I'm going to be just fine. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I saw, and I don't know where this was, but I saw somewhere on the internet way, way back when I was researching chickens, um, there was someone who had like an old crappy car, like a, oh, old, yeah. you know, just a piece of junk car that was out like in their woods. And that's where their chickens lived. Wow. They turned that into the, like, because chickens will find they're they're an animal they're not dumb yeah they're gonna find shelter if they need it mm -hmm. right so mm -hmm. you making the Taj Mahal or the you know whatever that's perfect and and painted and you know, I can't even think of the word like predator proof yeah, like yeah, to yeah. the max you know mm -hmm. it they don't necessarily I mean it's nice that's great if you can do it do it but don't get so caught up in that that you never get the chickens yeah you know? like yeah. get get the chickens Instagram uh yeah. Instagram yeah. worthy <laughs> coop <laughs> I do yeah. not have an Instagram the only thing that I ever put on Instagram about my chickens that people think is cool is those nesting boxes because oh, they're yeah. so old yeah and they're yeah. not they're not clean they're not mm. anything they're just these are my old nesting boxes Nothing else is cool about vintage my is coop. cool. Vintage is it, cool. So it is. You it know? is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there was a there's a guy north of us or a homestead north of us. They've got a camper that you know just a little oh. old camper that probably couldn't probably had some mice infestation at one time yeah. and they just they must have gutted it or maybe not and they turned that into their chicken coop and they that have, makes so much sense. Yeah. yeah they've got netting yeah. over it and everything, yep. so nothing's coming in and it just it was kind of like, huh, look at that. That's a pretty yeah. good idea. Good that idea. works. Yeah. Do you have, uh, okay. So, uh, shifting gears on you, do you have, uh, any seedlings going right now? Cause you know, I am a gardener guy, so <laughs> I don't have it. Well, we did just start our hydroponic system. Yeah. Yeah. So I am super excited about that. We have, we have a couple tomato plants going in that. And then we also have 
Gustav's Lettuce, I think was mm. the seed that I started. And yeah, so I'm super excited about that. That's something yeah. that we've wanted to try for a few years. And it's one of those things you're going to try and then you don't get to it. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you know how that goes. Yep. Oh, I totally And do. so this year we finally got it started. So nice. um, I'm, I go down there and I sing to my seedlings and I tell Yay! them how beautiful they are. And yeah, I'm so excited to have that. That's my jam. That's, available. that's cool. <laughs> Yeah, but I I mean, we'll have the big garden and all that outside and we've Mm -hmm. got raspberry patches and grapevines and we need to replant apple trees. Mm -hmm. And this year, our focus, like our focus has always been the meat here on the farm. Mm -hmm. We're all about the meat. And it occurred to me, you know, we've we've pretty much got that settled. Like we know that system. We've Mm -hmm. been doing that for a while. We know what's going on, even though there's some changes we want to make. But we we, we got we're. Our freezers are full of meat. We know what we're sure. doing. And now like gardening has always been kind of, I don't want to say it was an afterthought, but it mm-hmm. was more, it was this thing we did and we weren't super intentional about it and whatever sure. we got, we got, and then we did what we did with that food and okay, we'll try again next year. This year, now we're like, we're going to be super intentional about this other side of the food thing. Like we got oh, the meat. Now we're going to figure out the vegetable thing. And so I'm really excited about that because it's like a totally different focus for the farm. It's like making it exciting again. It's like yeah. a new thing. Like, okay, we're going to figure this out. So hydroponics was a part of that. And I don't know. I I just, we had started talking about how sometimes when you go to the feed store, they don't have all the feed that you want, right? Mm-hmm. They don't have all the feed. And so in some places, the feed is really going up in price, right? Sure, sure. And so we started talking about, well, actually this started because first of all, we were talking about how can we do meat birds more self-sufficiently, Sure. but we also were talking about maybe adding meat rabbits to the farm. Oh, okay. But then I was like, "Mm." my husband said, you know, I kind of like focusing on one project at a time. (laughs) That's why he's here to slow me down. I I totally, you know, I've got squirrel squirrel syndrome, but I've realized this about myself. I need to focus on one thing at a time and it drives truly crazy, but because then I'm focusing on that and I was like, I can look over here and over there. I've got squirrel syndrome. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So um, he's like, you know, we should really just focus on one thing at a time. So this year, we're really going to focus on how is it that we can grow more food for our animals Mm. so we can be less dependent on the feed store. Now, we're not going to be able to be completely torn away from them because it's Minnesota and six months out of the year, nothing's growing. Yep. And, but, <laughs> right, exactly. but we can, you know, we can do better than we are. Yeah. And what's been really interesting to me is take a look, is taking a look at books like the self-sufficient backyard and looking at yeah. people who are growing so much food on way less land mm-hmm. than I have. I have five acres. There are people, I got a quarter acre, I got a half acre and they are just doing all the things on there. And as I've said in many places, I think sometimes when you have more land, you're less efficient with that land because you just, I got, I got all this land. I can do Mm -hmm. all this stuff. And so we're really going to dig into how can we set this up differently, which is interesting to think about because we've been here this is our 11th year on the farm. So it's interesting to look at what you've been looking at for the last 11 years and try to look at it differently and say, how can we do this differently? We have a pasture 
that we haven't a fenced pasture that we have not had a large animal in for probably seven years, eight years. Yeah, and it can... is, it's still fenced. It's still like we either need to put something out there or we need to do something different with that pasture, like grow something out mm-hmm. there or, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So I'm like so excited about what's going to be different about this year and, and what's going to happen with that. And then next year we can look at more sustainable meat birds and meat rabbits and adding all that. So sure. Sure. You're getting yeah. those systems in place. Yes. I know, I know what you're talking about. Cause we have our back pasture. That's, that's pretty sizable with, with the Laura Ingalls Wilder roll downhill, you know, we've mm-hmm. talked about. Mm-hmm. So there is, it's fenced in, there's nothing back there except some prickly ash that I'm going to remove eventually. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a back pasture back there too, on the other side of the hill where you could also roll down, but you're going to run into a fence. Um, (laughs) But, you know, these things haven't been touched in years. And uh, it's like, okay, how could we do something with that? But we're going to start with zone zero first, you know, what's happening right around our house and then kind of slowly work out from there and definitely should be garden. So I totally appreciate what you're talking about. I mean, we've got 10 acres here, but a lot of it's woods. And, Mm. uh, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not going to cut down all the woods to create more (laughs) gardens. We're going to use what we got. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, and then maybe I'll pump, keep pumping water out of the jacuzzi in the basement to you know, water the plants. <laughs> You've got lots of water right now. This is so crazy because last year was a drought, right? I know. And now we, oh my gosh, there's so much water. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do? I know. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's cool. I really want to follow that because that's interesting. And, um, you know, that might be an avenue for others with a little bit of land that they're not using is, okay, maybe I can grow a little bit of feed and yeah. Hey, I've got a neighbor down the road with chickens. I hear them crowing or I hear the rooster every yeah. morning. Maybe they could get something from us instead of buying, paying outrageous yes. prices down at the, at the Grange hall or something like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's cool. I'm really going to be following that. So, yeah. Um, so you, you, I know you did potatoes last year. You had a pretty good harvest there. You had tomatoes, uh, you had beans, I think too, right? Uh, mm-hmm. what else did you have last year? Um, we did squash. Cause I always grow squash. That's mm. one of my favorite food. I could eat that every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? What kind of squash do you do? You do? I you love delicata squash. Yes. Yes. That is I great. Mean, we discovered I, that last year and it's like, oh yes. So it. good. So mm-hmm. good. Uh, but I love all kinds of squash and obviously we grow zucchini mm-hmm. and I love zucchini. It's funny because people say, you know, you can plant one zucchini plant and you'll, you'll be, you know, set forever. I was plant two or three and I never yep. have enough. <laughs> like I love zucchini and I just use it in so much stuff. So yeah. Trying to think of oh, peppers. We grew peppers. Mm-hmm. Um, we grew lots of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally cool. Yeah. And you had a pretty good potato harvest too, I think, right? That that was actually two years ago. So okay. two years ago, we did the potatoes. It was the first year we've ever done potatoes. We did the, we did the Ruth Stout method where you yes. just basically set those babies on the ground and cover them up with hay or straw or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I did not think it was going to work. I was like, there's no way. Even though people have written books about this, sure. you know, I'm like, no, this is not going to work. So obviously it worked and I was dorkishly excited about the fact I was growing potatoes. I'm like, oh my gosh. And we would reach (laughs) into the ground and we'd pull up the potatoes. I'm like, I'm such a nerd, you guys. And I was so excited. And we also grew onions. So that was very exciting, kind of in the same area. Uh, And side note here. I struggle uh, with onions all the time. Yeah, I do. I can't get them to get big. They're all a little shit. Well, you go on. They they didn't get super huge, but I was like, oh my gosh, they grew. That's so exciting. Yeah. 
but we were, we were harvesting the potatoes at the end of the season and, and, you know, reaching our hand down and pulling them up. <laughs> My husband reaches down into the hay or the straw, whatever we were using. <laughs> He pulls his hand up and he's like, Oh my God. And I'm like, what? There was a nest of baby bunnies down there. Oh my gosh. And I know. And so he had, you know, reached his hand out thinking, he, thinking he was grabbing a potato mm. and he grabbed a baby bunny. So that was oh. very exciting. So be careful when you're harvesting your, uh, yeah. pulling those potatoes up. You don't know what you're going to, you grab, but we so do. then last year we totally forgot to plant potatoes. Mm. It was one of those things where I was like, we don't plant those until May. Right. Mm. Oh my gosh. No, you mm-hmm. plant them way before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's hard to know in Minnesota because sometimes you still got snow. I know. You know, I every know. year is different. So whatever. Yeah. I look back in my farm journal. I'm like, oh my gosh, we should have had those in the ground already. Yeah. So we skipped it. Well, what I didn't know is obviously you have left potatoes in there from the year before because there's no way you got them all. Sure, sure. So at the end of the season last year, I was like, oh my gosh, we have potatoes. <laughs> That's awesome. Nice. Not nearly as many as we had the year before, sure. but yeah. But so you still had some. That's cool. Yeah. And yeah. And they just taste so much better too. And oh, just, you know, you yeah. grew them and it tastes so darn good. Yeah. So. And we love potatoes anyway. So especially uh, one of my kids could eat potatoes for every meal. I swear to mm-hmm. God. And yeah, so they don't last very long in our house. Mm-hmm. Like we mm-hmm. should probably plant a whole field of potatoes, right. but it, it sure was fun to do that. Right. For me, it feels like I'm coming out of the penalty box because it's been two years since I've had a garden. So it's oh, like, sure. yes, let's go. Yeah. I mean, I, had to, I pulled up all my stuff in August of 2020 yeah. uh, out of North Minneapolis. I didn't get any harvest. I think I got one pepper or something stupid. Mm. And it was just like, Whoa. so yeah. now I'm ready. I'm ready to go. So that is yeah, so exciting. Yeah. Mm. So that's going to be a fun thing is to build the new garden and, yeah. and really experiment with some things. It's going to be a lot of fun. So that'll um, be awesome. Yeah. So cool. Gardening is awesome. We love it. And I can't yes. wait to see how your hydroponic stuff works out. Let's talk a little bit about a farmish kind of life and your podcast and all the things that you're doing there. Cause it is very exciting. I mean, I'm part of the community and uh, I've been kind of crazy the last month and a half, it seems like, but, uh, <laughs> but um, you've got a great community. So tell us a little bit more about the podcast and your philosophy and, and uh, you know, just a little bit about your, what you're doing there. Yeah. So I, I've got the podcast and, and for a long time, I was just uh, doing one episode a week. And mm-hmm. then I started doing two episodes a week, I think in February of this year. And every Thursday is an interview with somebody in the community. And I'm loving that so much. It's so cool to talk to other content creators. It's so cool to talk to other homesteaders. But what I'm really finding out, and some of these haven't been published yet, like I have them in my queue, they haven't been published yet, but I made it very clear that I would just like to have normal everyday people Mm -hmm. on the podcast, you know, just like, tell me your story. I want, you know, like, I want to know like about your journey to the homestead, your journey to self-reliance, all of that. And I have interviewed some of the coolest people and just learning about people and their life. And I'm having so much fun with doing these interviews and just connecting different people to others. And man, it is so fun. So I'm loving doing that. Um, I have also started doing some live streaming, which is <laughs> something that I said I was not going to do. I made yeah. that very clear on a podcast. I was not going to do that. And now I'm doing it. Yeah, I know. You <laughs> you did make that very clear. And I'm like, there she is. She's doing it. There she is. She's doing it. <laughs> you liar. 
<laughs> but no, so I mean, obviously, you know uh, that I'm on Fireside Freedom, and yeah. that we would live stream with that every week. And I thought, yeah. you know what, this that that isn't so bad. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe I'll, you know. And then I got invited to live stream with a couple yeah. other people, and then yeah. I thought. Maybe I'll try live streaming myself. And so I live stream every Friday morning on uh, YouTube, Float, and Facebook, I think yeah. is where I am. So 8 a.m. Central, every Friday morning, we hop on and we have a little chat. And I didn't know if anybody was going to show up the first time. And I can't even tell you how many people showed up. We had the most amazing conversation in the yeah. chat, just talking about life and different things. And mm-hmm. so that is super funny. Super that, fun. That is yeah. awesome. And I know that you did a, a live stream with uh, Nicole Sauce, the Spicy oh, yes. Sisters. That, yes. That was a lot of fun. Yes. And do you that think that's going to be a thing or? It will be a thing. Yeah. Awesome. It's going to be a monthly show. So. Awesome. Yep. That's great. She yeah. is so cool. She's such a cool person. and uh, She is. And yeah. she loves to build community and connect yes. people. So it's yeah. it's been fun to watch the connection she's making between different people. And just, you know, she talks about underground networking a lot mm-hmm. and just building those kind of spider webs of people that know each other. And so, yeah, I think that's so important. That's so important to do. Yeah. And that makes, that makes me smile because, um, you know, I, I have people that listen to this show. Mm-hmm. You have people that listen to your show and Tim yep. and, and other and Nicole. And what's kind of fun is like on Instagram, because that's where I do a lot of stuff on Instagram. And mm-hmm. I see people that like my stuff. Suddenly I, I see them liking your stuff. And, yeah. and I know yeah. that my sister-in-law down in, in Georgia, she's been listening to Fireside Freedom. She's been listening yep. to you. I see Mariah, the intuitive energy healer that we've had on the show a few times. She's liking your stuff. She really likes yep. your stuff. And Trish, our friend at uh, down the road, she likes your stuff. It's kind of fun just to see how all these people are starting to come connect and be connected. Yeah. And um, it's really fun. And and I, I can't wait to see where that goes as all of us kind of are, we're all kind of launching into things and starting new projects and really pushing the envelope uh, for some of our, um, some of our platforms. And I think it's yeah. great. Just my two cents. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It's, and it's, it's so cool to see because like you have a podcast, so you get this. So you're like talking and you think that everybody knows who you are. Yeah. Because you're, you're out I've there and you're talking for six years and blah, blah, blah. forever, like whatever. Yeah. And not everybody knows who you are. Like right. it, it floors me that there are people who listen to me that don't know who Jack Spierko is. I know. And they listen to me and they hear me talk about the survival podcast and Jack Spierko. And they're like, oh, I should check him out. I'm like, Real, like you don't really? know who Jack Spierko is, you know. Then, so, then how did you find me? <laughs> exactly. Like, really? You like that doesn't make any sense. But right. so you have to keep in mind, like the the connections that you know. When I have people on my podcast that I think everybody knows about, mm-hmm. and then I hear somebody who's like, "Oh, I want to have that person that I heard. I heard this person on your podcast, and they were really cool." I'm like, "You you really hadn't heard of them before?" Mm-hmm. Like, I think. I'm just talking with content creators who are out there and everybody knows about, but like, it's, it's so weird to keep in mind that all those communities don't necessarily overlap until you make them overlap. And so I think that's, what's so important to do right now. Just Mm -hmm. so we know there's all these people out there. So I'm having so much fun with that. Oh yeah. Well, think about it. There's 380 million people in the the United States and we're only getting a very tiny, I mean, probably bigger than me, but a very tiny minute thing, a slice of that. And yeah, um, it's, it's really cool that to see those, those spider webs begin to grow and connect and uh, now you are you have your website which is cool you've got a great newsletter um then you've got your youtube channel and all the podcasts of course and then you've got um 
you're you've got a very active group on Telegram. I mean, you're on Facebook, Telegram, MeWe, uh, Float, uh, yeah, Discord. Discord. Now. I mean, yep. are yep. you seeing like one thing kind of like, oh, I really want to put my time there, or are you still still going to have this whole array of social medias? <laughs> I, Loaded I question. Think- Every social media has its purpose and its yep. own community. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's important to have options. You know, I have a real mm-hmm. love-hate relationship with Facebook, which I think a lot of people do. Same. Um, but but I, I do have a very active community over there. And mm. there are people there that are not going to go anywhere else for, mm. for whatever reason. And yep. everybody has their own reason. Yep. And so for a while, I had just stopped, stopped hanging out there. But like, Same. I don't know. I just... I built a community of like 19,000 people over mm-hmm. there and like, you, they want you, you to just, check in. Uh, yeah, I just check yeah. in. And, and so every community is different and I like every community for different, like I like them all and I mm-hmm. like them all for different reasons. There are things I will not post on Facebook that I will post on float, obviously, sure. Sure. you know, so the conversations are a little bit different mm-hmm. depending on, um, but I guess if there was one I was going to hang out on uh, the most or that I do hang out on the most is probably Telegram or Discord. Yep. Yep. And I, I don't know why. I don't know why that is. It it just feels so much more personal, mm-hmm. I guess. Like, And I feel like the conversations are very real. And yeah. I, I don't, that's not to say that they aren't on any other platform. I, I don't know. I just, I like the way they're set up. I like the community. I like what we talk about there. I like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've always been about being really real mm-hmm. and understanding there are 5,000 different ways to do something. And I like to build a community where people can talk about those 5,000 different ways and nobody's made to feel like an idiot for, mm-hmm. you know, doing way 131, you know, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I do. so I like to build communities like that. And I feel that's very, very clear on Telegram and Discord. And I'm just really, it's all the right people there. Right. So, right. Yeah. No, I totally get it. And, uh, you know, you are talking to somebody who got banned from a gardening group because I was <laughs> following the method exactly correctly and was talking about what other ways to do it. Right. So you are. How talking dare to you? I know. Right. I mean, banned from a garden group. Oh, who right, could right. who could imagine? But yeah, yeah. I uh, discord. One thing I do like about discord is that you can have chan- or categories or channels. So yes. The problem with Facebook or even Telegram is you post something in there and it is like in the memory hole and Facebook yeah, is yeah. really bad about that. And even me, right. which is Facebook light. It really and is just having that organ- sense of organization, you know, that you can yes. find something again. It's, it's kind of nice. So, yeah, it is nice. And when you have, if you're in any of those really, really big telegram chats, like the survival podcast, mm. telegram chat is you can post something. And if you don't check it for 10 minutes, it's going to be 764 messages passed. Cause it's yeah. just this huge long running chat and you, you can't find anything. And so, yeah, it's it's great to go on Discord and be like, I want to talk about chickens. I'm going to go to the chicken channel. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about pigs. I'm going to go, you know, I want to talk about something that has nothing to do with anything. I'm going to go to the general channel right. or the fun channel or what. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I love the way that that is um, <laughs> organized. And it's funny because, you know, it kind of used to be like a gaming thing, really. Yeah. Or like Because yep. my boys were on it and they came into the office one day. They're like, you're on Discord now. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's like, oh, now all the old people have taken over Discord too. That's Great. Right. You know? We're coming for Twitch or stream, Steam or whatever. Next. I know. So watch I, out, what you heard, young right? whippersnappers. Oh, <laughs> but the good thing is then I could say, I don't know how to make this work on discord can you help me so yeah they were great with answering questions because oh, they've yeah, been doing that for you know way longer than me yeah totally good totally good so mm-hmm. um there's another new effort which you've got underway and we cannot we cannot stop this podcast without talking about the farmish papers <laughs> you know oh yeah that's right that thing that thing you're doing <laughs> and you're getting paid yes. to do it and it's great so I know. Uh, yeah. So talk about the farmer's papers, their inspiration, and we'll kind of we'll kind of start to close it down because I know your time is valuable yeah. too. So let's talk so about the, the farmer's papers is a monthly snail mail newsletter that I started up uh, and I didn't know if the idea was going to fly, but it has flown. It mm. is. People are so interested in this. So it's, it's basically a, a, coop, a so monthly. Yeah, it has. Yeah. <laughs> So it's a monthly snail mail newsletter and um, it's six pages, uh, three pages front and back, black and white, just anything that I'd be talking about anywhere else, you know, homesteading, self-reliance, recipes, a little bit of creative writing, um, just what's going on, things I'm learning, things to teach you, lots of different stuff. And sometimes I include a little something extra in your envelope every so often. I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's been super fun. Uh, I'm just about ready to send out the second issue uh, for April. So nice. uh, man, I'm just having so much fun with it. And I mean, there's a lot of different reasons I started it. Mm-hmm. One of them was to have a place where I could say what I want and not have to worry about someone taking it down, you know, not yeah. that I'm, you know, super controversial in my newsletter, but I just wanted to know that I had that place. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that I wanted to make kind of a resource that people could save on paper, you right. know, like save that newsletter in a binder. That way, if you can't get online or you don't want to go online, you've you've got the information right there. You can look back on it. I think that, you know, building a library of of books, actual books that you can touch, you know, and page through. I think that that's really important right now. Um, I, I love Kindle as much as the next person. I love the convenience, but man, I, I cannot stress enough, build yourself an actual book library. Yes. So you have that in case you can't get online or technology's down or whatever. So that, that was my little, my little way to add to that, I guess. Right. No, I totally agree because, you know, we see solar flares, a lot of solar activity yeah. we've seen um, different social media platforms go totally down, um, Mm -hmm. have outages. We've seen, we've seen a whole, we've seen whole countries get deplatformed. So what makes you think that maybe you won't someday for posting the (laughs) wrong bit of stuff? So yeah, yeah, having that paper copy, something you can feel in your hand and touch and open and look at and won't go away, um, is important. So, um, I think it's a great idea. I think this is a really good idea and um, kudos to you for, for jumping in there and doing it. And we have to bring, we have to blame Brian, right? Lady Lou's husband for yes. just coming up with that idea. Yep. We were having a little chat and he said, whatever happened to like old, like snail mail newsletters, mm-hmm. whatever happened to those. Mm-hmm. And I kind of took that idea and ran with it. And right. it's, it's always fun to get something in the mail. That's not it a is. bill. That's not mm-hmm. junk. It's, mm-hmm. you know, I, the first issue went out, um, you know, the very, very end of February, um, the March issue. And 
I got so many notes from people either in the mail, like they sent me a note in the mail. Cause obviously you have my PO box address if you get right. the newsletter from me. So people were sending me these cute little cards and just letters and thank you so much for brightening my day. It was so great to see this in the mailbox. People sent, you know, like messaged me pictures of them getting it. One, one gal had went out and she had uh, actually rode her horse out to the mailbox because oh of long driveway. So they went wow. on a little mail run. So it was a picture of the envelope with her horse and just, wow. oh man, it's been so much fun to do this. So yeah. That's really cool. You almost have to have a gallery on the, the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I should do that. I should be like, if I can use your picture, let me know. Cause yeah. oh man, that, that would be, that's a good idea, Tom. Yeah. Well, Hey, Ooh. I do have a good idea every once in a blue moon. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I, we, because um, my brain is in 50 different places. I, I totally the first understand one, that, but I am going to get the <laughs> April one dog on it and it's going to be, it's going to be great. I'm so happy about it. Big, yeah. beautiful newsletter. But yes. uh, yeah, we have a little newspaper here. Um, it's called the Maiden Rock Gazette or Maiden Rock Press or something, but it's same mm -hmm. thing. It's just like six little pages and yeah. uh you know, like um, a lady who's president of the historical society, she got us a subscription and, and then mm. right in the little things like, oh, Tom and Julie, they just moved here from the cities and they love it. And oh my gosh. That's so, so like, cool. Yeah. Just like hometowny yeah. little, how cool is that? So you know, yeah. Yeah. I think it's great. I think that's a really good idea. And you know, yeah. the checks get paid and you can keep doing the stuff that you love doing. That's yeah. even better. And it's, yeah. you know, for those of us who have tried Patreon is like, you know, yeah, this is a yeah. good thing. This is cool. I'm have excited. You, have you had, have you been like, oh my gosh, I have nothing to talk about yet. Or if it, it's just, been no. Like, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> no, no, I haven't had it. I, you know, and I worried about that because it's yeah. coming up with more content and oh my mm -hmm. gosh, the man coming up with content all the time. That was going to be my struggle. And yeah. I haven't yet. Like I yeah. have listed out, here's what we're going to talk about in this issue. I got to fill awesome. in a couple of things, but I, the, I will say that the thing that's really interesting, I used to write for magazines way, 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 way back in the day. Oh, right? Wow. I didn't know that. Okay. And so when you, there's so much lead time. So if you want to mm -hmm. write an article about Christmas, you might have to be submitting that in July. Right. Mm, okay. I got out of that, that way of thinking when online happened because you write it and you press publish. Right. 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 Now I have to get back into because there's lead time, like I'm working on this and then I have to edit it and then I have to mm. print it and then I have to mail it. So I have to think, wait a second, <laughs> what I'm writing about right now, like that's already it. What I'm doing right now is already passed. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, I'm I totally going, do. Yeah. It's so it's been interesting to get you, back into that mode of thinking. <laughs> right. You've got to move from a hand, uh, hand to mouth kind of yes. operation to, okay, here's how it's going to look. And yes. And, Yep. set it all up and then yep. write the content. So yes. yeah, it's a more disciplined um, activity yeah. for sure. So yeah. But it's been fun. I yeah. like it. That's totally cool. I love it. So I can't yeah. wait to get our copy and, and you'll have a picture that you can use and we'll be, I don't know, maybe we'll be in the water in our basement. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I know, right? Look at these yeah. idiots. <laughs> Buying nope. a 1900s era oh, house. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> We have two sump pumps going in our basement all the time. 
all Ugh. the time. And there have been very wet years where the yeah. electricity has gone out. And mm. we don't even think about the fact that the basement is filling with water <laughs> right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing. So it's a thing. Welcome <laughs> yeah. to homesteading. Exactly. The glamorous life of homesteading. It is so glamorous in the muck yeah. boots in the water. Yes. But you know what? Wouldn't trade it for anything. We love it. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Even though we might get a little frustrated. So <laughs> as Julie's vacuuming off some mouse poop off the uh, back end of the dishwasher that Julie's dad is fixing right now. So yes. well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yep. Well, we talked about a lot today and um, where, how, how do you want to end this? Where do you, where do you want to send people? Where do you, where can we find you, Amy? You can find me at a farmishkindoflife.com and anything you need to know about me, you mm-hmm. will find there. And if you can't, you can email me at amy at a farmishkindoflife.com. You spell my name A-M-Y. Otherwise look for me on social media. I'm everywhere and I, I will respond to you. Yep. And, yep. and you know, What's great is that we actually, Julie and I actually met Amy, had a beer yeah, and a burger yeah. with her once upon a time. And she is as cool as she sounds on the show. It's total, total real Bill, right? It's not it's made up stuff. So no. we love talking with you and it's just so much fun. Yeah. It is too much work to pretend I'm done with that. Yeah, I know. I know. I can only <laughs> lie for so long. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, this is great. I'm so glad you were on and, um, and talking about chickens. I learned a ton today. I really did. So I, I'm glad. I'm glad. I appreciate you. I thank you so much for being a good friend and helping me through some things with uh, blogging and podcasting and, and just direction and things. So I, I do appreciate our friendship. So thank you. I appreciate you too. Thanks for the uh, opportunity to be on your podcast. Good, sir. Absolutely. Check out A Farmish Kind of Life. Amy is a cool person, a cool, well, I won't say chick, but a cool, great person, (laughs) podcaster. And uh, thank you so much for being on today. Thank you. In closing, from the north to the south, from the east to the west, and everywhere in between, may the gods, spirits, and folk be blessed at this place. May we heal the land and protect the soil animals and plants. May we live in strength and love, leading the way as we learn, do, grow, and be a little better every day. This is Tom from the Small Scale Life Podcast. We'll be back with another show. In the meantime, stay safe and take care, everybody. This has been a production of Small Scale Life Media. Who are the people in your neighborhood? In your neighborhood? In your neighborhood? Say, who are the people in your neighborhood? The people that you meet each day. I am testing now. How do I sound, Tomas? La 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 la. La 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 la. La 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 Mr. Sandman Bring me a dream Make him the cutest thing that I've ever seen Give him tulips like pillows and clovers And tell him that my lonesome nights are over Sandman Yes?
so going to keep that. <laughs> yes, we are. From the land of sky blue waters. Waters. Small scale life is podcasting. Small scale life is podcasting. <laughs> Small scale life. Oh Intro right there. Oh, God, please, no. Oh, yeah, baby. It's going to happen. <laughs>